everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is June 25th. Today, we're going to continue this week's Come Follow Me block and take a look at Alma chapter 20. Now, as we begin Alma chapter 20, Ammon hears the voice of the Lord tell him that his brethren were in prison in the land of Madoni. So he tells Lamoni that he has to travel to Madoni to free his brethren. Now, Lamoni here is going to say something so short and so simple, but it teaches us so much about an important principle of the gospel. In verse 4, Lamoni says, I know in the strength of the Lord thou canst do all things, but behold, I will go with thee to the land of Madoni. Now, did you catch what he said there about where his faith was placed? It says, I know that in the strength of the Lord thou canst do all things. Now, keep in mind here, Lamoni's faith is very young, but he knew that Ammon had strength and power because of the Lord, because he was being blessed, not in and of himself. Now, that's quite the contrast from what we see in Alma chapter 18. Remember, in Alma chapter 18, this was before Lamoni had had his experience with the Spirit, before he had learned about redemption of Jesus Christ, and before he had his vision of Christ. And listen to what he says in verse 21. And now, if thou wilt tell me concerning these things, whatsoever thou desirest, I will give unto thee. And if it were needed, I would guard thee with my armies. But I know that thou art more powerful than all they. Do you see that contrast there? Before Lamoni had his heart changed, before his conversion, before his experiences with the Lord and with the Spirit, his faith was in Ammon. He believed that Ammon was strong enough. He believed that Ammon was more powerful than all the armies. But after his conversion, that focus changes. After his conversion, he says that in the strength of the Lord, Ammon can do all things. Now, there are two really important principles that I think that we need to learn from that. The first is we need to always make sure that our faith is in the giver of the miracle. Does that make sense? It's easy that when we see miracles happen, that we put faith in the thing or we put faith in the person, just like Lamoni did here. He sees Ammon and he sees his strength and he sees everything that he can do. And he says, wow, I know that you're more powerful than my armies. But it's important to remember that it wasn't Ammon doing those things. It was the strength of the Lord working through Ammon. And it's important that when we see those miracles in our lives, we remember to have faith in the giver of the miracles and not in the miracle itself. Now, the second important thing that we can learn here is from what Ammon did. The natural man at times wants to sit back and enjoy the praise, meaning it would have been easy for Ammon to be like, yep, I'm strong. I worked this miracle. I cut off a bunch of arms. I'm awesome. And accept that praise from Lamoni. But he did not do that. He continually pointed Lamoni towards Christ. He taught him about redemption. He bore testimony of the Savior and of Heavenly Father. After Ammon taught him about the Savior, after he preached to him about the plan of redemption, after Lamoni's conversion, then all of a sudden it wasn't the strength of Ammon anymore. Then it was, as we see in verse 4, I know that in the strength of the Lord thou canst do all things. So the second lesson to learn here is... That as we serve in the church, in our callings, whether it's as teachers, whether it's working with the youth, whether it's in Relief Society or Elders Quorum or in bishoprics, we need to constantly be pointing the people that we shepherd 
towards the Savior, to not allow their testimonies to be hung up on us, but to be pointed towards God. Such a cool principle that we can learn from those simple words of Lamoni. Now, continuing on in chapter 20, Lamoni goes with Ammon towards the land of Medoni. And as they go, they meet up with King Lamoni's father, who, first of all, is mad at him for not coming to some family dinner. Family politics, am I right? But second of all, (laughs) second of all, he gets mad because he is with a Nephite. He calls Ammon one of the sons of liars, and he gets so upset He tells Lamoni that he needs to kill Ammon right there. And when Lamoni says no, the king flies off the handle and tries to kill his own son. But Ammon steps in and stops him and he says that he would be killing an innocent man. That kind of brings the king to a little bit and he says, oh yeah, I would be killing an innocent man. I should be killing you. And then he he goes after Ammon. It's very dramatic. But Ammon resists his blows, and then he smites him on the arm to the point where the father of King Lamoni can't use it. So basically, the father of King Lamoni is helpless here. Ammon could kill him at any second. And seeing that he was about to lose his life, he begs Ammon and asks him to spare his life and says that he will give half of his kingdom to have his life spared. Now again, we see the greatness of Ammon here, resisting the natural man, resisting that temptation for riches or land or power. And he says, if thou wilt grant that my brethren may be cast out of prison, and also that Lamoni may retain his kingdom, and that ye be not displeased with him, but grant that he may do according to his own desires in whatsoever thing he thinketh, then I will spare thee. So he says, hey, just let my brothers go and let Lamoni go. Let him believe what he wants to believe. Let him live how he wants to live. And this response totally catches the father of King Lamoni off guard. In verse 26, it says, And when he saw that Ammon had no desire to destroy him, and when he also saw the great love he had for his son Lamoni, he was astonished exceedingly. Now, here's what I love about this story. King Lamoni's father was so impressed with the love that Ammon had for Lamoni that it changed his heart. So much so that in a couple chapters, when we see Aaron come to the king and teach him, he has been thinking for days about this love that Ammon had for Lamoni, that this Nephite, the son of a liar, had for what was supposed to be his enemy. As I was thinking about this chapter today, I thought about that love that Ammon had for Lamoni. Now that love didn't start when Lamoni accepted the gospel. That love that Ammon had began right after his own conversion. In fact, after his conversion, remember, he said he was going to preach to the Lamanites because he couldn't bear that any of them suffer. His conversion blessed him with this unconditional love for the Lamanites. It didn't matter that they were different. It didn't matter that they believed different things. It didn't matter that they, let's be honest, were sinners. None of that mattered. He loved the Lamanites. So much so that when he entered into King Lamoni's presence for the first time, he asked him if he could be a servant. He served with love. He taught with love from beginning to end before Lamoni ever believed a word of his message. Now, my friends, I think that there is an incredible message in that story and in that love of Ammon. I feel like, and I might be totally speaking for myself here, but I feel like sometimes we get a little bit hesitant to truly fully, wholeheartedly love those who think 
and believe and act differently than we do. And don't get me wrong, I think it comes from a good place. I don't think that we're ever meaning to judge or be mean, but I think sometimes we get a little bit scared that people will try to tear down our faith or people will try to get us to do things that are against our beliefs. And so I think sometimes we hold back from loving people who are different from us a little bit out of that fear or out of that concern. But my friends, that is not what Ammon did. Ammon started by loving the people. He didn't love them based on the condition of their repentance. He didn't love them based on the condition of conversion. He loved first, and conversion was the byproduct of that love. On March 28th of 2016, Elder Renland put on his Facebook page, We can stand firm in our beliefs and have a loving relationship with those who hold differing opinions. For example, I believe drinking alcohol is a violation of God's law. So what do I do when I'm hosting friends who do not believe as I do? My wife and I arrange to go to a restaurant with them where they can order as they choose to. And when they order wine with their meal, I do not get in their faces and call them out as sinners. Similarly, can I be friends with individuals who are living together without the benefit of marriage? Absolutely. And when I am with them, do I stand up in great indignation and call them to repentance, even though they are presently engaged in behavior I don't agree with? No, of course not. We can stand firm in our beliefs and have a loving relationship with those who hold differing opinions. Let us not forget that the plan of salvation offers the love and mercy of our Savior Jesus Christ to all. My friends, let us not forget that the second great commandment is to love other people. Nowhere in the scriptures are we commanded to do anything in regards to other people other than to love them. We're not asked to judge, and unless we have a stewardship, we're not asked to preach to them. We are only asked to love. And I know that as we love others with a pure Christ-like love, it draws them to us and it draws them closer to the Savior. Let us love as he loves, unconditionally and completely. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to subscribe, to like, to comment, and to share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen. Thank you.